0: If you're in these types of relationships, please be very careful. All right, so today I'm going to read a quote, a section out of a book that I'm reading about three chapters in right now. Uh, It's called When Narcissism Comes to Church, okay? And it's got a really interesting section um, talking about narcissists. Uh, the story of Narcissus. So I'm going to just read three paragraphs and we're going to talk about it a little bit. Well, I'm going to talk about it, but yeah. Anyways, uh, the myth of Narcissus tells the story well. While often told as a tale of excessive self-love, it's precisely self-love that Narcissus was lacking. It's a story of being stuck, immobilized, fixed in a death dance. In his youth, he ran free, hunting in the forest, loved and desired by young women. But he would let no one touch his heart. This is the wound of shame. One who is ashamed cannot connect and cannot be vulnerable. He is immovable, untouchable. Narcissus finds himself thirsty one day and makes his way to a clear pool for a drink. In the water, he sees his reflection, an image so striking that he reaches in to embrace it. But the image is lost whenever the water is disrupted, as it is with each future effort, leaving Narcissus all the more desperate. Immobilized before the pool, he pines for the image that will never return his love and eventually succumbs to the neglect of his own basic needs. Terence Real articulates the tale's meaning well. People often think of Narcissus as the symbol of excessive self-regard, but in fact he exemplifies the opposite. As the Renaissance philosopher Mauricio Finicino observed in the 1500s, Narcissus did not suffer from an overabundance of self-love but rather from its deficiency. The myth is a parable about paralysis. The youth who first appears in restless motion is suddenly rooted to one spot, unable to leave the elusive spirit. As Finicino remarked, if Narcissus had possessed real self-love, he would have been able to leave his fascination. The curse of Narcissus is a mobilization, not out of love for himself, but out of dependency on his own image. When you think about that with narcissism, how it comes to play is narcissists are dependent on their own image. They're dependent on what you see. They're dependent on what people see around them and how they appear to the regular eye, to the public. This is why you have people who are narcissists that come across amazing to the people they work with. They come across as strong leaders in the church that they serve in. They've come across as great parents in the PTA and on the the playing field. And what you see is narcissists are consumed with keeping that image, with keeping that false sense of self, with keeping that false reality that they've built. And we talk about it often of how they're so focused on keeping that that they'll do anything and everything to be able to protect it. That's where you see them lie so often about so many things and about so little things because you have to be able to keep that image of what it's supposed to be. Now, for some narcissists, this might be a giant image. This might be very the grandiose idea. This might be the idea of they're the best at what they do. They're the best at their job. They're the best at their church. They're the best in bed. They're the best with whatever it might be. They have to keep that image. Or you might have others that they're more of the vulnerable type. So, woe is me. Everything is about me. Everything is putting me as a victim. Everybody's better than me. Like, you don't deserve me. But that image is what they've created. That idea of, like, a victim mentality. And so you have narcissists on either side of the spectrum that are really trying to protect and preserve the image that they created. This is often why they don't like truth, and they don't like honesty, because truth sheds light on that image. Truth puts light on the mask of a narcissist. Truth puts light on the mask of the person that's cheating, of the person that's stepping out on the marriage, on the relationship, to the person that's struggling with an addiction but they're lying about it. Truth puts light on the things of darkness. And for a narcissist, they absolutely hate truth. Truth and honesty are the enemies of narcissism. Because as a narcissist, if I want to accept the truth, then I have to admit that I'm wrong. And as a narcissist, I can't admit that I'm wrong because that affects my image. And my image is what matters. My image is what makes me run over people. My image is what makes me steamroll an idea at work. My image is is what makes me yell at another person to prove that I'm right. My image is what makes me abuse people in private so that I can have that public image in front of other people. See, a narcissist is very immobilized around the idea of keeping their image a certain way. That may be big, that might be little, it doesn't matter. It's all about the image and truth sheds light on that. Narcissists don't like vulnerability. Why? Because vulnerability is opening up. It's opening up that capacity, that idea for greater love, for greater expectation, for greater understanding and for greater truth. Because you can't be vulnerable without being honest. You can't be vulnerable without having truth. Otherwise, if you're being vulnerable, it's just fake. It's just another false reality that they built. Narcissists are dependent on keeping that self-image intact. They're not good at loving. They're not good at self-love. And oftentimes we think they're so consumed with themselves and loving themselves, which I've said that too because I do believe that's true a lot of times. But the other aspect of it is they're just consumed with loving the image that they've created or they've fabricated, or they've thought about, or that's developed in their mind over a period of time. And that image might be something big, or it might be something small, or it might be something that's closed off to the world because they don't want that possibility of being vulnerable. They don't want that possibility of having their image tainted. And this is why you'll see a narcissist that looks great in the public eye, looks great with people that they interact with, but comes home and emotionally or physically abuses somebody. That's what it does. Narcissists are dependent on the image that they're fabricating. So with narcissism, you might be thinking like, hey, I know that they do that, but what am I supposed to do? Like I'm stuck in a situation where I can't get out and all they do is just show that they're the best person ever and I'm the worst person ever. One, you need to try to leave if you're in an abusive relationship. If you're in a relationship where you're getting physically abused, emotionally abused, sexually abused, it doesn't matter. That's not a place where you can get healing and change. That's not a place where you can learn true love. That's not a place where you can feel safe to express your emotions and your feelings. And if that person is not willing to have honest vulnerability and consistent change, then you need to leave. I'm not on this channel to bring hope. I'm not on this channel to say, like, oh, love your narcissist better. Like, no. I'm on the channel to say, hey, they need to show honest vulnerability, consistent change. If they don't, find the exit strategy and make your move because you need to protect yourself right? and you need to make sure that you're growing and that you're changing and you can't do that in a toxic environment. So continue to work on yourself, continue to grow yourself, continue to work to be the best person you can possibly be. And that means it's probably going to take time. It's probably going to take moments of rebuilding, in one sense, your self-image because that's been stole from you. That's been something that the narcissist has chipped away at by body shaming you, by yelling at you, by devaluing you, by screaming at you. And as a result, they'll try to steal a lot of your image, a lot of your self-esteem, a lot of your confidence. And that's something that's going to take time, oftentimes therapy, and it's going to take a lot of work to be able to get back. And to be able to focus on a better life without them. If you're in these types of relationships, please be very careful. I don't want to ever counsel anybody, and I don't to anybody to stay. I ask them what they what they think they need to do, and I also tell them, hey, if you're in a, an abusive relationship, then you need to get out. Because you have to think of your safety, your kid's safety, your family's safety, whatever it might be. If you guys would like to talk about this like one-on-one to the side, reach out on my website, Raw Motivations, and click on one-on-ones there. I meet with people every single day that are in these type of relationships or that have gotten out of these relationships and they're not sure what to do. They're not sure how to break free of the trauma bond or they're not sure how to break free from the emotions that keep pulling them back, keep pulling them and tying them to a toxic person that doesn't want their best interest in mind. If that's you and you want to talk more, reach out to me, rawmotivations.com. Maybe you're a narcissist or maybe you're that toxic person that you're starting to realize like, hey, I have some of these traits. I'm willing to talk to you if you're willing to change and be honest. If you're not willing to be honest or if you're just trying to talk to me to get justified about something, just don't waste your time. Don't waste my time. Thank you guys so much for listening, for watching this. If you haven't already, please subscribe to my YouTube channel. Um, Also, follow me on TikTok, Instagram, Facebook, or if you want to, listen to it on the go. You've got the Apple Apple podcast, or you can do it on Spotify as well. Would love to have you guys listen to that as well. Thank you guys so much.